The teacher turned to face the room and said something that I did not catch as I felt as though I was still acclimating to be back in this time space. Then I think we hugged and I returned to my chair, which was next to the girl who had shifted her weight earlier. She said, that was intense. All the students were sent on a break and I glanced at the time on my phone. Had I really been standing in front of the room, staring into the teacher's eyes for close to an hour? You've entered into the world of alternate realities. Here, paradigms are shifted, minds are blown, and veils are lifted. Actual supernatural experiences are brought to life through storytelling by the people who experience them. Welcome to Adventures in Mysticism with Leah Grant, where the esoteric is explored and consciousness is expanded. Visit adventuresinmysticism.com to further your spiritual development through Leah's latest offerings. And now we continue with this episode's mystical adventure. Before meeting one of my most significant spiritual teachers of this lifetime so far, I imagined gurus as only being monks with shaved heads who wore robes, meditated most of the day, and lived in caves high in the mountains of the Himalayas. This teacher fit none of that description. And some might even say he embodied the opposite of those principles. He certainly had not taken a vow of chastity, poverty, or obedience. Though I had been in spiritual exploration for a large portion of my life, I hadn't sought out a specific teacher. Perhaps like the old adage, when the student is ready, the teacher appears. This one appeared not too long after I'd had a gun pulled on me by an unstable then-boyfriend, and to my surprise, told the guy, go ahead and pull the trigger, because I was done dealing with him. He didn't, but it felt like some kind of test to come face-to-face with death and be courageous enough to embrace it, even ask for it. I knew at that time, though, that I was an immortal consciousness, and being blasted out of this life wasn't the end. I didn't feel like my time here was done, but I wasn't afraid to die. I attended one of this teacher's three-day events that was focused on health from a spiritual perspective, I didn't even know at that time he was a full-on spiritual teacher. It became apparent as the weekend progressed, and on the third day, I was invited to come to his next event out of town happening the following weekend. Being fairly newly single, I didn't have plans, and since the event itself happened to be free, and I happened to have a credit on Southwest Airlines, and an offer to be picked up at the airport by one of his students was extended, my only expense would be the hotel, which seemed like a small investment to make to check it out. This event was purely about spirituality, 
Since it was free, I expected there to be a lot more people. It was sparsely attended with most attendees being devoted followers with myself and just two or three others being newbies. I'm a good student, so listened attentively and most of what the teacher shared felt resonant. One of the other new attendees, however, did not seem to align as much and challenged him. He brought her up to the front of the room and asked her to do an eye-to-eye exercise with him. Interestingly, she either could not or would not hold gaze with him and was mildly verbally combative about the exercise. He proceeded to tell her why she had an issue with it and then coached her around that. She sat down having never stayed in gaze with him. Something similar happened with each of the other new people over the course of the next two days. I noticed that whenever he was working with someone, the rest of the students would hold space by not breaking the container by talking, getting up, or moving around too much. Whether this was intentional or not, I wasn't sure. What I was sure about was that he was not working alone. I could see glimpses of another energy flow around and through him. It appeared to me as thin smoke, there one moment and gone the next. Given we had been sitting in an interior small hotel ballroom with fake lighting, someone might argue that my eyes were playing tricks on me. Except the teacher didn't feel alone either. Then came my turn. I don't remember exactly what or why I was being called to the front to join him. I don't think I was being challenging, though I truly can't remember. As soon as I stood up to walk to the front of the room, everything slowed down. And it was as if I were moving in slow motion and the rest of the room had been put on pause. In my head, the chorus to the song 10,000 Angels by Mindy McCready started playing. And suddenly, it was as if the room were filled with 10,000 angels. Not for him, but for me. Eventually, I reached my destination and stood about two feet from the teacher. I faced him and looked up since I'm about five foot five and he was six foot tall, maybe even a little taller. Behind him layers and layers deep, there were angels. Out of the corner of my eyes, more angels. Above me, angels. I hadn't ever experienced something like this before. The chorus continued to repeat over and over. The teacher said to look into his eyes and not look away. I locked on. His eyes were hazel, leaning towards an olive green. The other energy was one with him. It seemed it was keeping him grounded. I have no problem with eye contact and on more than one occasion have been told my gaze can be intense. 
it's not intentional. I think I'm just an intense person. In fact, my astrologer will confirm that, blaming all my Scorpio and Pluto placements. At the time, I'd been doing a lot of yoga, and I found my body falling into an easy rhythmic yogic breath pattern that I typically used for holding difficult poses. The teacher seemed to be trying to look into me, through me, or maybe even break me. Given the support team I had with me, remember the 10,000 angels hanging out playing my own personal soundtrack, I wasn't concerned about that happening. Time passed, but I wasn't really aware of it. I had no sense of anyone else being in the room either. I was holding still, yet didn't feel fatigued. It seemed as though I wasn't even blinking, nor was he. It seemed we were the only two people in the center of this sea of angels. More time passed, though slowly. We kept eye-gazing. The angels kept watch. The chorus kept repeating in the background, though less loudly than when it had begun. The scene lasted for so long, it started to become almost normal. So my mind started to chatter. Why are there angels here? What's with the song? Is this why the others couldn't hold the gaze? What's actually going on here? I felt the energy building around and between us. And then, as if the teacher had a penny in his hand that he flicked at me with his thumb that hit me in the chest, I saw a small, single seed pop out of his solar plexus and land in my heart chakra. This seed trickled down to my sacral chakra, and when it hit there, the trunk of a tree grew up through the center of me and branches out of that that reached out full of lush green leaves that filled my entire chest cavity all the way up to where my neck began. The tree roots stretched out all through my pelvic cavity, clear to my root chakra. The angels swayed as if hit by a strong breeze once the tree reached its full growth within me, which only took what felt like less than a moment. I continued to hold the gaze, acting like nothing had happened, but internally assessing the situation. I realized that the tree looked like the tree of life. I'd seen a picture of it hanging on the wall of one of the yoga studios I'd visited recently. My mind struggled to remember if it knew anything about the meaning or symbolism of it. Coming up empty, I made a mental note to look it up later, along with the Mindy McCready song, the chorus that continued to play in the background was from. Keeping the gaze strong, 
I saw out of the corner of my eye a girl in the second row shift in her seat. Slowly, the room around the teacher and I began to come back into focus. The music, along with the thousands of angels, faded away. Time returned to feeling a normal pace. The teacher turned to face the room and said something that I did not catch, as I felt as though I was still acclimating to be back in this time space. Then I think we hugged and I returned to my chair, which was next to the girl who had shifted. She said, that was intense. All of the students were then sent on a break, and I glanced at the time on my phone. Had I really been standing in front of the room, staring into the teacher's eyes for close to an hour? The teacher's, I'm not sure what to call her, maybe an assistant. She always traveled with him and handled everything for him. And they seemed quite close, but not involved. Approached me with another one of his helpers. They said they saw the angels and had never seen anything like that before. They wanted me to tell them how it was for me. I didn't really want to talk since I wasn't even sure completely what had happened. I did find it interesting others saw the angels. It validated I wasn't completely crazy or just imagining them. No one mentioned the music, though. I heard the teacher's longtime students whispering about what they had witnessed outside of the bathroom. From what I could catch, they'd said they'd never seen anyone hold the teacher's gaze that long without looking away. They also said they'd felt waves of energy coming from the two of us, created by the connection. One seemed jealous of what they witnessed, making me wonder if she had a relationship with the teacher or maybe just a crush on him. There was nothing sexual or romantic about the connection the teacher and I had during the gazing. I would describe it as ethereal more than anything else. That evening, I listened to the full song lyrics of 10,000 Angels, finding them puzzling to be paired with the encounter. The song begins with mention of the devil, and the role of angels in the song is to protect from him. Had I been facing the devil? I shrugged it off. I think I was interpreting things too literally. After all, the entire song wasn't playing over and over, just the chorus. The Tree of Life was much more fun to research. By all accounts, it had multiple spiritual meanings, all positive, including the obvious one of growth, but also attainment of wisdom, oneness, connectivity, groundedness, adaptability, and prosperity. In Celtic traditions, the tree is also seen as a symbol for immortality and believed to have possessed special powers. Had my teacher bestowed special powers to me? That concept resonated, though I didn't feel like anything about me had changed. I couldn't levitate or move objects with my mind. 
or anything spectacular like that. It seemed more likely that the tree was a message that I had it within me to grow and flourish spiritually, and that the teacher, by planting the seed, was making a promise to assist me in doing so. Over the next several years, he certainly did assist and, I believe, accelerate my spiritual growth, even though I did not support or take part in all the methods he employed. Since that first tree grew within me, I feel like several more have taken root as I continue to expand my consciousness more and more. Thank you for tuning in. Next episode, I'll share several of my adventures with different types of feather messages. Until then, remember that your spiritual journey is a supernatural adventure in and of itself. Enjoy the unfolding and embrace the unknown. Thank you for joining today's Adventures in Mysticism with Leah Grant. To go on more journeys with Leah, subscribe now. To step more fully into your spiritual role of bringing about a positive high-frequency future for humanity, visit adventuresinmysticism.com.